Hello and welcome to the Found It podcast. In this episode, we talk to Calypso. She is the CEO and founder of The Institute, an online gift experience shop and deal delivers. Uh, in this episode, we talk to her about COVID, um, launching deal delivers and having massive growth, and also how she became an entrepreneur. Check it out. Yeah, it's recording now. Is anyway. it recording? All right. Okay, thanks for coming on uh, the podcast, Kofi. Nice to see you, by the way. I know we've not spoken audibly or face to face in a long, 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 long time. So, just for like people listening and stuff like that, if you just want to give a background and a bit of bio about yourself and who you are. My name's Calypso Rose, and I have had a couple of small businesses. My current one is a company called The Institute, which is brilliant inspired experiences. So we do everything from paddleboarding on the Regents Canal to dinner on a, a barge. So we do loads of different experiences and we sell them as gifts. So we'd be comparable to say red letter days or virgin experiences, except small and quirky. Cool. Um, so we ask everyone who comes on this podcast the same first question, and that's uh, what made you want to become an entrepreneur? Why? What made you not want to do the nine to five like everybody else? What made me become an entrepreneur? So um, my first business I started when I was 22, and I was working in the TV business, and just I came up with an idea, and I walked down the street with this bag that I created, and people stopped me in the street, and they absolutely loved it. So I kind of got sucked into being an entrepreneur but I think um I've always vlogged stuff since I was about nine eight nine years old you know I, I was the kid with a stand outside the house selling lemonade and um I think that that's always been been with me and, and I love it where do you think that comes from is like your anyone in your family like an entrepreneur or is that just something that you naturally just always gravitated towards um, I don't know. Maybe it's something to be. Uh, maybe it's something to do with being an only child. I think I've, uh, I've just always gravitated. I've always had. I've always done a little bit of wheeler dealing. I think my first business was a magazine called Pig Patrol, which was all about pigs. When I was eleven, and uh, I sold it. I sold a hundred copies a month to friends and family, and I got celebrities to write for it. So we got. Um, I had Miss Piggy. Uh, from Jim Henson's Productions contribute an article you still to, got uh, copies of that yeah. uh, I'd love to see a copy of that yeah <laughs> I know um, and we did it I did a coffee every month and it would sell out it was only 20p wow. we did it for a year Wow, there's some great traction on I that love, 100 I love the uh, fact that um, I was an only child as well until I was about 17. And I used to do, or used to have so much time on coming up with ideas and wanting to make a book as well, I guess. And uh, I resonate with that in terms of, um, you know, coming up with ideas and like lemonade stands as well. I was very similar as well, because you've got a lot, when you're, when you're an only child, obviously you've got friends, but you just got a lot of time as well, haven't you? Yeah, a lot of time to fill, <laughs> no one else to play with. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it but um, I also I went to university for like three weeks I just never wanted to go I didn't want to study anymore I couldn't the thought of doing more exams and just really didn't appeal and all my family said look if you don't go to university you won't mm. you know you won't make anything out of your life and then I find out that they all dropped out of university um, but they were <laughs> telling me so yeah I dropped out of two universities after about three weeks so and, and then after I did Clippy Kit which is my first business and I did that for 10 years and I, I licensed it in the end um, I kind of felt unemployable I was like oh jack of all trades master of none can do a lot of things, bring people together, but who's going to employ me now? 
So uh, I just went straight into the next business. Oh, cool. And that is that the institute that you went to after yeah. you um, licensed Clipper Kit? Cool. So how did you get from working in TV to kind of being an entrepreneur? What was that kind of journey like going from that? TV was hot. My mom and all my family worked in TV and I loved it. And I worked in the theatre as well. But getting anyone to pay you for it when I knew my worth and you know, I, I knew I was good at what I did. But then you're still going from like free job to free job. Occasionally get paid to be a runner. But the, when I did the bags, they were bringing in more money than the than the TV work. And and the bags really did take over. I think like in, um, I had £2,000 investment for first bags from friends and family. And in year one, I turned over 180 grand. And the bags were, um, I think they're about 25 quid. So that's a lot of bags. Uh, And they're all, I sold them from my mom's living room. And my mom then got involved. And I'd, uh, I think at the beginning of the bag journey, uh, I'd be on a, I'd be on a job doing a shoot and my mom would be at home and I'd be ringing her up going, there's someone in uh, there's someone in Earl's Court who needs a bag and she'd go running off down the street delivering them <laughs> so it soon it soon became clear that that really wasn't viable <laughs> so kind of fast forward to where you are now with Indistute and stuff um how long have you been running Indistute so Indistute's been running um so I started well I started Indistute because I after doing Clippy Kit a company that sells products I realized it's very difficult to make any money when you sell products it all sits in stock you have one line of, of bags that doesn't sell and that's all your profit and I worked so hard I mean I, I did all these trade shows and I didn't September through to the end of December I worked every single day without a day off for 10 years and it was a killer and I just knew with Institute I didn't want the same business as I'd had before I wanted you know life balance so came up you know came up with the industry also didn't want to sit in pubs just drinking I wanted to, to do something fun so everything all the businesses I've done is because I've really believed in it and because it's kind of what I wanted to do so why can't find it when you can just start it up yourself <laughs> um so yeah that was that like I came up the industry was much more designed to fit my lifestyle than Clippy Kit, which I kind of fell into. So the Institute, I could work from anywhere. I didn't have to hold stock, but I could keep coming up with new ideas and and, and market them. And so it really suited my life and I didn't have to kill myself at trade shows. <laughs> did you find that, you know, obviously Institute being an online e-commerce store, did you find scaling that a lot easier because of the technology and stuff there? Because like you're saying, you haven't got a kind of, go to trade shows like your trade shows basically you're on a complete 24 7 365 day a week trade show online it's just about bringing in the right traffic um i think it's difficult to bring in the you know the, the correct traffic that actually converts we started off institute we've it's been going for six years and, and we started off selling tickets and that was really hard because you'd be marketing something. And then, you know, if you didn't sell out, you'd be on to the next event. It was it was just really difficult to, to you know, by the time you got all your marketing sorted for one event, it would be over. Um, <laughs> and so it was really difficult to make any money on, on that, especially as our workshops. You know, you could only have like 12 people in a class or 20 people maximum. So it was really difficult to make the margins. Um, so then we started doing 
gift vouchers and selling them as gifts. And that was a big turning point. I didn't start doing that until about uh, maybe three years ago properly. And industry three years ago is when it when it started doing really well. And this year was going to be our really big year of industry. Um, it's a small was, thing uh, called the pandemic. Oh, no, 100% up this year compared to last year. And we were number one for gift experiences, uh, experiences London, above Virgin, above Buy a Gift. Then literally, that was for one week. And then no one started searching experiences because they're all stuck at home. Uh, but you got to laugh about these things, haven't you? Or cry. But um, yeah. <laughs> We're getting. Um, that brings on to the next question, really. I was going to ask about the kind of elephant in the room. Obviously, we're doing experiences. What, I mean, it might be a silly question, but what has COVID been like for you? How have you found like that making a bit of that pivot or whatever you needed to do? Because obviously, like you said, people just stopped being able to go out and do things. Yeah, there seem to be two, two types of people in the pandemic. There were the people on furlough, um, and I'd, loved, I'd have loved a bit of furlough. Or... <laughs> There are the people that absolutely killed themselves working, and um, I was in the I was in the uh, kill myself working category. So we pivoted. So first of all, we started. We just brought everything online. So we started doing hula hooping. To uh, we did pub, we were one of the first people to do pub quizzes. Um, to learning how to make your own face masks, not the not the ones that go on your face, but like beauty ones. Um, and we brought all those online, and that was just like doing events again. Um, but online and it was really tiring and also just getting your head around the whole zoom zoom thing which is now second nature was exhausting and but we just wanted to bring a bit of fun into people's lives because Institute's all about fun and it's a really happy brand and we just wanted to keep reminding people about our brand so that when we came out the other side we were in a strong position with more customers and more people knowing about us that lasted for about six weeks before everyone on the team was just exhausted. Um, and we weren't really making any, we weren't making any money, but we got a really nice engaged audience. But we were also getting all the same people coming back to do all that. So we weren't getting an audience. Uh, and we just had to take a break. So we did that for six weeks and then we introduced the home experiences and the kits. So people get a real kit to their door, um, but then they can do the workshops online as well. So they get to chat to people. So from sourdough making classes to what else are we doing? Oh, gin, the history of gin. So you get a box of gin to your door, different ones, and then you'd learn all about history. and, and, And all of that did really well. And that's opened up new markets and that helps us to survive over lockdown um, and now sort of coming out the other side august has been august was great um we were actually up on last year which was amazing on experiences wow but then they just made the announcement about six people in a bubble again mm. and that's just i think going to knock people's confidence again but we've now got a product range that appeals to the whole of the uk not just london and we've got we we made way more sales over lockdown than we would have done than we did the year before so we've got lots of new customers oh wow that's amazing yeah i think one thing we found talking to people um we spoke to a startup that martin's worked with for quite a while and they did a application they're a malaysian and uk startup and they did an application that was 
I did family fun days for people uh, for days to go out and they launched like literally a few weeks before the pandemic. So their entire application and model was about going out and doing things similar to yours and they just couldn't do it. So they had to make a really quick pivot. And I think there's something as much as that's, you know, it's scary and having something you're so reliant on just completely change. And also with the rules being a bit out of your hands, like we're saying, like, you know, some one week that you're not allowed six people, then another few weeks later than you are. And then, you know, there's not a lot of certainty, but there can be a lot of creativity. Like when you were saying with the home experience kits and stuff coming out of that. So I'm just interested, you guys as a company, where do these ideas come from? Are they coming from all you or is this like a collaborative thing like within your your team or... How does that work? Um, I've got a really good network of creatives uh, and know a lot of people that, that come to me with ideas. The selection process is, do we like it? To, you know, it's, uh, we, I mean, I could go onto Google and have a look what everyone's searching um, and see, yeah, and add that to the site, but it's just not really us. So we just go with what we feel is on trend and what uh, and what me and the team think is cool. Some of the things that I think are cool and I really love, I sell about two of. So it's quite good to throw it out. <laughs> Some of the things I like are t- slightly too obscure, but um, yeah, it's nice to have a nice to have a mix of different things. But you know, we just don't do rally car racing or helicopter rides. Um- Talk a little bit about um, Deal Delivers because that's something that um, me and you worked on and it's an idea that I think is kind of, I don't know about you, but definitely when you said the idea to me and then I, you know, we kind of helped build it together, um, it was definitely something that I thought it's much bigger and much, much more impactful than maybe originally I thought it was going to be. So do you want to just tell the story of what Deal Delivers is and how it's kind of grown over the pandemic? So I started um, the, the week of lockdown, had a bit of, um, I'm currently living in Deal, which is a little seaside town in Kent, and had a bit of a panic that um, I was then going to have to cook for the family <laughs> every single meal uh, for, for forever, as it felt like at the time. Um, and there's no delivery, there's no, you know, there's no delivery service. And also, I was really worried about High Street. We've got the most incredible High Street in Deal with all these little independents. And I just thought, if we come out of this and they've all gone, that would just be heartbreaking. Um, so I was thinking, right, how can we set up a delivery service? And I'm one of those people that likes to go in all guns blazing, you know, get it all all going. But I was like, no, start small. Start small, Calypso. So contacted you. And we just and just put together a directory of everyone that was delivering. And the, the day before lockdown, I just went around all the shops and say, are you going to be doing deliveries? Are you going to be doing deliveries? And taking everyone's details and no one really knew what they were going to do. Everyone was in shock. Um, and then a week later, Rob, lightning speed, got the website up and running. Um, Deal Delivers was born and it, it took over, took a life of its own, really. I think in the first week, we had about a thousand visitors a day week two and the the facebook page facebook groups now got 17 percent of deals residents using it and they ask for everything i mean they're like uh where can i get my sourdough delivered or locally to where can i get some stick insects for my snake um so it's just been people are really keen to, to shop local and keep it keep it hyper local um and then from there i got some friends to do their own website in their own towns so we've now got six and uh 
we just made the website free so that anyone could do it and help and help their towns. All the all the people that have taken the the website on and set up their own little hubs because we've got like Brygate, Four Heatons, Ashford goes on, and um, they're all developers. So uh, it's all been developers that kind of saved saved their towns. The people who don't go out much, they'll sit in their bedrooms and now save the high streets that they uh, yeah. um, probably uh, probably don't visit. But it's such a weird thing. I was I was telling Martin actually like. Like you were saying, this was just something that you pitched with the idea, and I thought, oh yeah, that sounds really cool. And it was quite at the start of the lockdown, and so we just spun up like a really simple MVP, I guess. Um, something that looked nice, just listed all this kind of stuff, and then like I like while you were kind of doing that and doing the institute stuff, I just started doing other stuff and kind of not almost forgot about it, but kind of thought, oh yeah, it's a really nice thing, and you know, showed a few people and stuff. And then out of nowhere, I was watching BBC Panorama. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was sat there with my, I was sat there with my girlfriend Harriet, and I was like, I was just looking at the screen, and I was like, that, that's Calypso. <laughs> and she was like, who? I was like, you know, the lady runs the Institute, you know, like um, I did that like website with the all the stuff in uh, the list of uh, things. And she was like, all oh, right. I was like, what's she doing on the TV? <laughs> and then I realised you were doing a whole thing about that. Like I just had a complete, and that's when it kind of hit me. Like, wow, I know you told me that, you know. You'd um, you'd had lots of visitors, and a few of the kind of spin-off ones have been on the local radio and stuff. But it never actually twigged that it was such an impactful thing, and it was so nice to see something so recognised that was something that felt so organic as well, like just something that you thought was a great idea that meant something to you because you wanted to save this high street, and then just let it organically kind of grow um, as we we're doing it. But yeah, it was kind of a, it was I, kind of um, an odd experience. I never yeah. really watched Panorama, but for once, I had that on in the background. My wife was watching it, and she was at that you know, time talking about it. And then I come in the next day and Rob mentions it to me. And I was like, yeah, I did see that. And the whole story was just like, wow, that is amazing. Well, yeah, you just never know yeah. where these things are going to go. And um, yeah, it's been really rewarding. I've, I've, um, some, one of the shops went from like six deliveries a day and then they started promoting themselves on Deal Delivers and they went to 100 a day during the oh, pandemic. Wow. You know, it's just um, people... Uh, they they got a whole new customer base and and it was such a simple idea. It just always reminds me that it's the simplest ideas that um, we had are a similar often thing in terms of our street. I think most most people did where they had a WhatsApp group and people would be trying to help each other out. Somebody knew a baker, somebody you know would knew a butcher or something like that, and then suddenly you you start into build this community and supporting the local economy, which I think has been really, really good in terms of, and even now we still have our bread delivered, you know, from the same people that helped us during lockdown. We still have the milk from the milkman as well. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, supporting that community, especially now, cause you don't know if this is going to happen. Well, we may get a national lockdown again at some point, you know, so we need to continue supporting it and not, I guess, forget um, that, Yes, we support the businesses as well, but they supported us as well, you know, especially people who were vulnerable during that time. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's created really nice relationships as well. As you, as you were just saying, you know, the, the businesses and the consumers have got an actual mm. special bond now. I want to kind of just um, take it back to entrepreneurship as a general topic a bit because a lot of people who listen to this podcast, one of the big reasons why we started it was to kind of not only just tell a different side of entrepreneurship because I think especially in the tech world where me and Martin work you hear a lot about you know the huge names like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and all these great like huge stories but you don't hear a lot about smaller entrepreneurs who are literally doing it right now and building great businesses and build um, building something amazing but maybe you know they're not valued at billions of dollars on the stock market and stuff so 
Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast as well are like people who are thinking about starting to be an entrepreneur and they're wondering whether it's for them, they're wondering whether they can do it because they see, you know, whether it's just a thing that happens in America or it's just a thing that happens to a few people if you've got, um, you know, if you're privileged enough to have a lot of like um, savings or whatever. So just ask, just thinking, if you could give someone one piece of advice who's thinking about being an entrepreneur, what do you think that would be? Just one piece of advice. Um, really important to start small and, 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 you know, have your minimal, uh, MVP. So just have your minimal viable products and then build from there and not just assume that everyone wants all the functions or everyone wants the full product range that you might want. So just start really, really small and find out what, what your customer wants from there. Um, I was also when, with my other business, I wanted to be a millionaire and make loads of money and it was so stressful and I was so miserable um and with the institute I, I'm not aiming to be a multi-millionaire I want it to be a small business where I have a life I can do other things and see my friends and look after my child and still make a living um and you know work-life balance is so important and and I think people have come to realize that now since since the pandemic as well that you know it's not all about making millions. It's about doing, having a business that suits you and your situation and There's nothing uh, wrong with a lifestyle business, um, you know, in terms definitely not. I'm interested yeah. to find out, have you, have you got any mentors or have you had any mentors during the way? Um, because obviously a lot of the stuff you've learned, you know, it's, I guess it's been self-learning, you know, obviously setting up a business, finances, you know, operations. Um, have you along your journey had mentors and support and have they been a big influence on you? Um, I only got my, got my first mentor a year ago, a year ago, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago. And he's been amazing. And it's probably why we were going to have such a good year this year because he made me take risks that I might not have necessarily done. And I think with my first business, I probably ignored a lot of people. And I was I was 22 and thought I kind of knew it all and didn't listen to enough people, I think. And with this, with Institute, yeah, he, and he's been great. He's just, he made me last year take on someone to help get, you know, new products on board and also makes me focus on the bigger picture rather than it's so easy just to get bogged down in, you know, especially with an online business. You can spend hours, you spend a whole day faffing about with your website and doing bits and pieces um, when you just got to learn to hand it over to someone else and do what you're good at. So I think that's what helps me. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Calypso. Absolutely. Cool. I think that's probably a nice um, time to wrap it up, actually. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Clippy. It's been really, really nice talking to you. It's been a nice um, nice kind of uh, different view because we've talked to pretty much full-on tech um, startups at the moment. So it's been really nice hearing kind of a side from e-commerce. Thanks for having stuff. me. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you I mean, the Good other luck side. Later in the future with Intuit. And, <laughs> you know, and... Yeah. Oh, we'd love to have pass, so it won't be long. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if, yeah. if or when that happens. <laughs> Thank we'll you. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye.